you ever thrown you the curveball that you weren't sure what to do with? You know, the kind where you think someone should really do something about this. Have you ever thought maybe that someone is me and then found yourself on a grand adventure you never saw coming? Me too. As a special needs mom, I have been saddened by what's available to my son. But instead of wallowing in it, I decided to do something about it. Along the way, I'm meeting extraordinary people and having the most wonderful experiences I never thought I'd have. I'm so inspired by what's happening around me that I want to share it all with you. Living Your Legacy is a community where ordinary people who've been called to create something bigger than themselves can come together to be inspired, connect, learn, and live into the legacies they want to see in the world. I'm your host, Michelle Slaney Travato, and this is the Living Your Legacy podcast. Hello, everybody. Michelle Slaney Travato here, and I wanted to take a moment to thank you for joining me on another episode of the Living Your Legacy podcast and show. So today, a couple of things. I am recovering from the flu, so I'm going to do my best not to cough in your ear um, as I am going through this, but my apologies if that does happen. And two, I am recording this at a very dangerous time for me. My kids are going to be home from school very soon. So normally I record this uh, at an earlier time in the day so that my kids are at school and I can guarantee that we're going to be uninterrupted. But today it is quite possible that you are going to hear my kids come in. Now, hopefully they come in really awesomely and not fighting. But again, I can't guarantee that. So if you hear any craziness in the background, that is the life of a work from home mom. So we'll jump right into today's topic with all those disclaimers in mind. So I've been thinking a lot about strategies, tips, tools, ideas that I can share with you to help you as you are living into your own legacy. And there's so many facets of things to think about and things to do um, that I never run out of things to share with you. So today, what I wanted to talk about was this idea of advocacy. If you are living into a legacy, most usually legacies come out of a place of advocacy. People see a problem that's going on and they really want to be a part of the solution and they want to create something that hasn't been created or to tweak the things that have been created to be better. So let's talk a little bit about advocacy. And then I also wanted to talk about it through the lens of this book, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by Stephen Covey. So once upon a time, uh, many, many years ago, I was a a teacher in school. And one of my favorite things that I discovered um, as a topic that I could teach was student leadership. And I taught student leadership for about a decade. And I worked with the most extraordinary students. They were so passionate about wanting to change things and better the world and, and fix some of, well, they're teenagers, all the problems of the world and be a part of the solutions. And it was so amazing to work with them, to harness that passion and teach them how to do it effectively. And the seven habits for highly effective people was one of the tools that I used. And I worked with the Covey Foundation, brought in speakers, and we did all kinds of training. And it was pretty incredible. But Lots of people haven't read the book. So I thought today what I would do is give you a 
not a synopsis of the book, but I'm going to be paraphrasing the seven habits that are listed in there and connecting that to advocacy and how it can help you advocate. So what I wanted to start with, in case you are a little confused about what is advocacy, like what actually is it? I did a little bit of Google research before we got on here and I made myself some notes. So I looked for some simple definitions because there's some pretty complicated ones out there. And I thought, well, I could spend a whole podcast just explaining the definition. But today I just want to keep things relatively simple. So let's start with a simple definition of advocacy. So that is any action that speaks in favor of, recommends, argues for a cause, supports or defends or pleads on behalf of others. So when someone says they are an advocate, it usually means they are speaking for somebody else or something else. Like people advocate for animal rights. Animals cannot speak for themselves. Therefore, people step in to do it for them. So that's a really simple definition, but essentially it is recognizing that there is a problem in a particular situation, believing that things need to change. Sorry, if you're looking at me on the TV show, I have this random hair that's driving me crazy here. Um, believing that things really need to change and then willing to put in the time or the effort to help be a part of that change. And of course, so many legacies grow from a place of advocacy. Somebody maybe has cancer and goes through that process of having cancer and treatment and talking to other cancer patients and talking to staff working with, with cancer patients and really feeling the need to do something different and better to make the situation better for others coming behind them or coming alongside them, like something like that. Um, or people who are advocating for seniors' rights, uh, particularly seniors with dementia or Alzheimer's who can no longer advocate for themselves. You know, again, they're stepping forward and saying, I see a problem here. I really want to be a part of the solution. In my case, I say all the time that I am my son's voice. He cannot speak for himself. So I do. I have to speak on his behalf. I have to advocate for his rights. I, I want to make sure that his future is as bright as it possibly can be, but not only his future, the future of as many people with disabilities as I can possibly help along the way. That's advocacy. So then I thought, well, what are three kind of main types of advocacy? And I found them. Here they are. The first one is self-advocacy, stepping up and speaking for yourself. This situation is not working for me or this is wrong and I need to step forward and speak to that. I need to bring forward change to better things for me. Um, and that might be, for example, in a school, a, a student with a learning disability, learning how to talk to their teachers about their own disability rather than their parents doing it for them so that they can be empowered to effectively communicate what's going on for them and seek successful solutions, right? That's self-advocacy. Then there is individual advocacy. I have my son and I always advocate on his behalf. He is an individual. That's what that is. And then there is systems advocacy, looking at the whole system. So for all people with cancer or all seniors or all people with disabilities, right? Looking at the systems 
for those people and looking to make systemic change. Of course, each of them is so important when you want to make any kind of positive change. We really do need to be part of all of that. Now, there is some myths around advocacy that I want to address as well, uh, because again, people have these sort of belief systems in how you get things done. And here are some of the myths that angry, threatening, or hysterical communication actually works. It may work some of the time, but in the long run, it does way more damage than it does good. Listen to that again. Angry, threatening, or hysterical communication rarely, rarely brings about consistent positive change. So when you approach someone from the perspective of you wronged me and you're going down for this and any other horrific thing you might want to say, all that does is alienate the people who could potentially help you make a positive change. And when you alienate people, it's often really hard to get them back on board. So that's not advocacy. Now, there are times when you do need to be angry and you do need to be forceful in your communication, but that generally isn't the starting place where you want to go. You want to choose that very carefully because that's a position that you can't come back from, especially if that's where you start. So you want to think about that. Um, Showing up to quote unquote ambush or surprise someone like a decision maker will get you what you want. Well, again, it may in the short term create some change, but in the long term, it alienates people from you. They no longer will want to see you. They will start to avoid you or not take your calls, or you're going to get pushed off to the gatekeeper who never lets you speak to the decision maker. If those situations have happened because you ambushed someone, that's not advocacy, right? Advocacy is about bringing people on board with you who want to help you, right? Um, The next myth about uh, advocacy, crying wolf. Um, You've heard that story of the boy who cried wolf. There was a wolf. He's going to eat people. and And the villagers all ran out to help. And there was no wolf. He just wanted the attention. And he did it over and over and over again. And then one day, there was a wolf. And nobody came to help because they no longer believed him. You don't want to be that person. You want to really just be clear and truthful and stand in your own truth and honest. Um, It's so important to do that, especially when you're creating a legacy or advocating for changes, because people want to be a part of something bigger than themselves, but only if there's some truth in it. And if people feel that they can't trust you because they don't know if you're telling the truth or not, then they're going to not work with you. They're going to avoid you. They're going to say platitudes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a great idea. I'll get back to you. And then they just never will. So you want to avoid that. That kind of fear mongering does not help your situation or your cause. It does not move things forward in a positive way. In fact, it just makes things worse. So you don't want to do that. Or this one was new to me. When I looked it up, I had to go further and dig a little deeper. They called it Lone Ranger expectations. So you think of the Lone Ranger. He was out there by himself saving the world. Um, There is this sort of belief or this myth 
that if we find that one person in an organization or an institution or a business or a political party, that that one person can make a whole scale change that will positively impact you and what you want to do. The reality is that when you're trying to advocate, it's usually a combination of a whole bunch of people doing little bits to be able to move an entire thing forward. So the idea that one person can do it all for you is usually not exactly accurate. So you want to really be thinking about how many people can I tap on the shoulder? How many people can I connect with that we can together make a big change? More voices have more meaning and carry much more weight. So we want to look at that. So then I thought, well, if that's what bad advocacy is, if that's what like myths around advocacy are, what actually is good advocacy? So here it is. Simple definition, having a clear message and a clear ask. With very little work, people should be able to understand what the problem is you're talking about and how it can be fixed and how they can play a role in it. So with advocacy, there's an awful lot of communication around that. And if you haven't actually um, listened to the episode before this, where I spoke to Ricky Smith, um, that is episode 79. She talks a lot about being able to speak to people and crafting your message. So I highly recommend going back and checking out that episode for some information on that particular part of it. So how, knowing all these things now, can someone become a skilled, effective advocate and truly move the needle forward in any legacy they're trying to, to create. Well, again, I wanted to look at it through the lens of the seven habits of highly effective people. There are some amazing habits in here that are really very simple, but most of the time are things we don't think of. So again, I'm going to go through those habits and paraphrase quickly what they're about and how this connects to advocacy. Okay. Again, the book is by Stephen Covey. It's called The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. There is also a version for teens, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective Teens. Um, and again, the Covey Foundation is amazing. I highly recommend the book. You should get it and read it or check out their website, look at videos, that kind of thing. There's so much benefit to be gained from looking at those things. And again, this was done based out of research of people who are highly successful and effective. And these are things they talked about using in their everyday life. And if highly successful people are using it, we should too. This is a great way to formulate how you want to achieve the goals you want to achieve because most legacies are about creating positive change. And by learning and using these strategies as you go through that process, you stand a much higher chance of being really successful. So why would you not want to do it? So let's start at the beginning. Habit number one is be proactive. So they talk about things like you know, an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure, right? About really thinking about being proactive. But what is that? So people we know as a general human race thing, people want to be a part of a positive change. When someone comes to you and says, this is the challenge for me, here's the solution I'm proposing. Can you do this piece of it? Most people would be much more likely to say yes than somebody saying, this is a big problem, you should fix it. They're just not going to be as interested in that. So they want, people want to support you. 
They want to know what the problem is and they want to be a part of the change. They just need to understand what you're trying to achieve. So you got to figure out ways to tell them. And that's the being proactive part, but you got to do it positively. Again, that angry, aggressive, argumentative, hysterical, threatening uh, communication style is not going to get you where you want to go. You want to stop and think about, I know I feel really strongly about this and I'm very upset about this, but how can I communicate that in a way that's going to draw people to me as opposed to alienating them from me? Invite people to listen. People are almost always willing to listen if that's what you're asking. Um, They'll almost always give you that little bit of time to just listen. Um, Tell them why you chose them if you're talking to people and communicating with them. What was it about them that made you think they could help you further this goal? Was it their expertise? Was it their position in the company? Was it their wisdom? Was it their reputation? Tell them why you're there. I heard that you are someone who really cares a lot about this, and I'm super keen to know your point of view on this and what you've done or or what were the challenges you faced. Again, you're really being proactive. You're connecting in a very real way that people respond positively to. So you want to do that. Ask for feedback. What flaws are there in your plan that they can see? And don't be upset when they find them because every the best laid plan is never perfect. They might look at you and say, you know, that's really great, but here's something you need to consider or going down this path. Here's what I found. You might want to go this other way, right? They may say stuff, but they're probably going to give you feedback, especially if you ask for it. So accept it gracefully even if it's not what you wanted to hear. Sit back and think, you know, I really appreciate that you shared that with me. I'm going to go away and think on this. And nobody's going to get mad at you for that, right? So you want to think about that. What else do you need to consider that you haven't considered yet? You have so much information. They're coming at things from a different perspective. Maybe they've seen or heard something you haven't, and they will share it with you. What do they think? Where do they think you should go from here? So you're here. What what do they think is your next step? What would they suggest as a next step or a next 10 steps? Ask those questions and you will get great answers. And again, don't be angry, even if it's not what you wanted to hear, especially if it's not what you wanted to hear. Be respectful and go away and think about it. You might need to lick your wounds for a little bit and that's okay, but then really give some consideration to what they're saying because there's probably some merit in there. Invite them to come along and continue to be informed of your progress. If you're going to go away, say, you know, I'm actually going to go away and think about this. Would it be okay if I came back another time to just share with you where I'm at? Almost everybody, again, would say, yeah, sure. Sounds good. Do that. Um, Because again, if this is someone important to you, as I've talked about in previous episodes, if this is someone you want at your round table, you've got to find ways to keep the communication doors open. And the more you do that, the more you ask, like, is it okay if I do that? Almost always you'll get a yes. Um, When you don't ask, but assume that may not be the case. So make sure you ask, invite them to be a part of it. And again, the more you front load people with information about what you're thinking about, what you're doing, why you want to get together, and what your expectations are to get out of this meeting, the better it's all going to go. 
that is being proactive. And the more you practice it, the easier it gets. So again, you want to think about it from the perspective of how you're advocating. Being proactive is super important. People like proactive people. So practice being proactive. That's habit one. Habit number two, begin with the end in mind. You always need to know your end game. Here's a question that you can ask if you're just not sure what that means to move it forward. How will you know you've arrived at your destination if you didn't even know where you were going? How will you know, right? So in episode 54, I interviewed my dear friend, Phoebe Trotman, um, and she talked about never quitting on a bad day. But she has a great story that she shared with me that really stuck with me. And it's this, this analogy. Imagine you're sitting at a bus stop. All buses, when they pull up, have at the top usually a number and their end destination written there. So you know the bus is going to this particular bus loop or that train station or wherever they're going. You have a sense of what's happening. But what if a bus pulled up and it had nothing written on it? Like nothing, no number, no direction, no nothing. Would you get on it? I know I probably wouldn't. In fact, when the door is opened, I would most likely say to the driver, where are you going? And if the driver said, well, I don't really know, would you get on the bus? Again, I wouldn't. I'd be like, uh, well, if you don't know where you're going, how will you be able to take me where I want to go? Right. Are you going to? And I would say my destination. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'll go there. Maybe we'll get there. Chances are I wouldn't get on that bus. When you're talking to people, if you were talking like that, like, oh, I just want to fix, um, I want more money for cancer research. That's so big and broad and nebulous. People can't get behind and support it. It's too big. It's too much. They're like, what kind of cancer? There's all kinds of cancer. What kind of research, right? They, they want more information. So you need to structure the end in mind. What is your goal? What is the thing you want to work on or see changed? And then reverse engineer your plan from there. Okay. Because again, unless you're clear on where your bus is going, people are not going to get on board and support you. And if you're finding that they're not, maybe it's because you're not being very clear on where it is that you're going. Maybe you need to refine that a little bit more. So begin always with the end in mind. And that goes for everything. When you're advocating in your meeting with people, you have to attend lots of meetings as advocates. Well, what is the purpose of this meeting? Why did you call it? Why do you want to meet? Be really clear about that. Here is why I want to meet with you. Here's what I would like to discuss. Here's what I'm hoping to get out of it. That is excellent. I love it when people do that with me because now I have a clear sense of what's going to happen and I have time to think about what I might want to say, what I might want to share, um, what solutions I might provide, right? I have time to think about that and be able to come up with some answers. Um, and again, Great opportunity there to be proactive, to look at what's going on. Allow other people to be proactive by sharing your expert your expectations ahead of time, right? Um, by working backwards from your end goal, you'll be able to figure out your path and get there far more quickly. So always a good choice. Habit number three is put first things first. You've got to put the most important things first and the least important things down the line. This is kind of like you're prioritizing your to-do list. 
what is most important? So out of those meetings, what is the thing you want to walk away with it? So is it that you would like to walk away with the next connection, the next person you could reach out to? Is it that you would like to have a, an application form in your hand or information on a funding source? What is the goal? Be real clear about that. And then move from that to that. So move from that meeting to that other thing that's important, right? Again, it's like creating dominoes. If you've ever seen those like world-class domino championships where they take up an entire arena with a beautiful dominoes display, they never start at the end of the domino display and work their way backwards. They always start at the beginning. They know what the pattern is going to look like. So they begin with the end in mind, and then they start laying out those dominoes one after the other to create that pattern. But they have a plan for how to do it. They know exactly how to lay out those dominoes. So when they touch the first one and they all fall down, it creates that end result they're looking for. So that's what we need to do. We need to make sure that things get done in a timely and orderly fashion. When we're all over the map, guess what? Our results are all over the map too. Pause for a sip of water. Right? So again, what is it that you want to advocate about? Be specific. What do you think you will need or who do you think you will need to speak to about it? Make a list, right? And then start working your way through that list. Well, out of those people, who would be the first person I'd like to talk to and the second person, right? Work it out that way. What is the protocol for reaching the decision maker in this organization or this institution? You don't know, you got to find that out, right? And then follow the protocol. This is putting first things first, taking things step by step by step to get you there. What exactly do you want to see happen out of these meetings? And then how can these people that you're speaking to and advocating with, how can they help you? What are you looking for? Right? Putting first things first is going to help you achieve them. Thank you for being a part of the Living Your Legacy podcast community in 2022. We can honestly say 2023 is going to be an exciting year. We've got some new things going on that we'd like to share with you. The Living Your Legacy podcast is now offering advertising spots. We found many entrepreneurs spent lots of money on advertising last year, only to find that they weren't falling in front of their ideal audience. We'd love to help you get your message out. Let's discuss this. Click the link in the show notes to book a time to chat and see if this could be a good fit for you. Habit four, think win-win. This is such a simple concept, but so hard to remember and do. Most people think that for them to win in any given situation, somebody else has to lose. And so it becomes a I'm going to win at all costs kind of situation, but it doesn't have to be that way. What if you could seek a win for you and the people you're talking to? That changes the dynamic of everything so quickly and so easily, right? By seeking these win-win situations, I win, you win, we all win a little bit, it collects people to you. People want to work with someone who's going to help them achieve their own wins too. And when you're advocating, 
you're often advocating with people who have their own agendas, have their own things going on, and you need to collect them with you. So seeking ways to help them win what to help and help you win is amazing. And it feels so good to help other people win along your journey of advocating for your legacy. So how can you create as many small wins as possible for you and the people you're working with and seeking help from? When you put things in that framework, all of a sudden, it changes how everything can happen. And what you will also find, again, the law of attraction or reciprocity, as you start doing that and start looking for ways to create those wins, they're going to appear. They will show up in your life. They will show up in the people that these people will connect you with. Like Amazing things will happen when you think win-win. And truthfully, it makes you a permanent winner. When really, when you think this way, you just become a permanent winner. You're always seeking the win for everybody, not just yourself. And then that's going to make people choose you. They're going to tell other people, this one's amazing. You got to get connected with this one. She's going to, you know, be able to help you out with what you're doing and you can help her out with what she's doing. Like those amazing things are going to happen and they're going to work with you quicker and they're going to stay way longer because they want to be there. So important. Habit five, seek first to understand and then to be understood. Oh, this one is so hard. We want so much for people to understand our situation, our concern, our argument, our thing that we want to change in the world and how they can support us to go out and do it, that we forget they've got their own stuff too. In this quest for our own legacy, we forget that people have their own concerns, their own limitations, their own challenges. And so we forget to think about them. But here's the problem. When you're on the receiving end of that, you don't forget that the other person never thought of you at all. So we want to make sure that we seek to understand where somebody else is coming from, even if, and especially if, it's in it's divergent or different from what we see really important to understand to seek to understand even if it's hard right because again when we seek to understand somebody else's position it makes them feel heard and it makes them feel important and we all want to feel that way it also lowers their guard and it makes them more willing to listen in return You've heard my perspective. You didn't jump at me and become angry and tell me all these terrible things. I'm a horrible human being because I think this or I'm doing that. Instead, you were seeking to understand the challenges and things I've got going on. Well, now I'm going to be far more willing to listen to the challenges and issues you've got going on. And again, this creates openness and honesty, and it is the building blocks for great things to happen. So try your best always to seek to understand, um, and then, and then be understood. Habit number six, synergize. One of my favorites. So if you've ever felt the synergy with another person or another organization, you'll totally understand the magic of this habit. But if you don't, here's a simple definition of what synergy actually is. The combined power of a group of things 
when they are working together that is greater than the total power achieved when each is working separately and alone. In other words, teamwork makes the dream work or the legacy work in this case. Right. When we're working together, if you've ever had that experience of working together with people toward a common goal, there's such a powerful feeling in that. There's so much positivity and optimism and hope and and people will work longer and harder than they've ever worked before for something that they feel that synergy and we all want it. You can create it. Right. So you want to think about that. How can you find the people you feel synergy with? And you feel it pretty quickly. You're like, wow, we're on the same wavelength. Like we, we sort of see things the same way. We might have different skill sets, but we totally like work together really well. We click really well. Maybe that's a person that you need to say, hey, I would be so interested in carrying on this conversation or maybe working together or sitting down for a coffee again another time. Would that interest you? Again, you want to collect those people to you because they are a gift and a breath of fresh air and we all need them, right? We also want to look for as many opportunities as possible to create synergy around us. When you walk in a room, are you the person who's smiling and, you know, hey, I'm really excited about what's possible here? Or are you the guy who walks in with a little thundercloud over his head, right? Or the gal who walks in and just talks about how life is awful and everybody's like, oh my God, I can't wait to get out of here as soon as possible. So you want to think about that. How are you approaching things? Are you approaching it from the perspective of, I can't wait to learn about you and what you're doing and how you got there, where you hope to go. And I want to tell you about what I'm doing and maybe we can figure out a way to work together. When you approach things from that perspective, it's attractive. People are like, wow, this person is amazing and I want more of that. And that's how you can advocate better. So much better because people will want to talk to you. You'll find yourself not having your calls um, ignored or not returned. Um, certainly not as often anyway. People will respond to you. They will respond uh, enthusiastically to you. And don't we all want that? So again, find ways to create those optimistic, synergistic moments because that's amazing and everybody wants more. Habit seven sharpen the saw. So again, there's a story in the book about how a, a tree feller was talking about how he can only cut down so many trees before he has to actually stop and spend a significant amount of time sharpening all the teeth in his chainsaw. If the teeth are not sharp, the trees don't fall as easily and everything gets slowed down, bogged down, and way more difficult. The same thing for us. Advocating, if you've done it before, can be so overwhelmingly draining. You give so much of yourself to what you're doing that you feel, you don't feel the optimism. You're maybe not thinking win-win. You're tired and grumpy and all those other things. So you want to take time out. You really do. You need to you need to celebrate those small wins. Find ways to celebrate them that are meaningful to you, right? Or celebrate the synergy that you're creating around you. Rest, rejuvenate, reflect, give thanks, write in your journal, go out to dinner, whatever works for you. And I have a quick story about my own life. So 
as a general rule, I wear sensible mommy shoes. I have had, I wear sensible mommy clothes too. I, as a special needs mom, my son is very messy and I often end up with food on me or um, when he was little, he would have potty accidents. Like there was just stuff that dressing up and looking sharp and, and wearing fancy things just wasn't going to work or things that needed to be dry cleaned. Well, I would only get to wear them for half an hour and it'd have to go in the dry cleaning pile. So I just didn't. And after a while, I, I kind of stopped rewarding myself for the successes that we were having and working towards with him. And I launched a business my first business, and I was very nervous about it. And one of my friends, again, this was all about being able to be a work from home mom so that I could be more available for my son and all the medical appointments that we were dealing with at the time. And my friend, who is a very successful businesswoman, said to me, you need to set up a reward system for yourself. What do you want? For you, when you hit your goals, like set a goal and say, when I get to this, then I'm going to reward myself. And it could be in this case, like I'm going to get to this particular um, decision maker in this company. And when I've had that conversation, then I'm going to reward myself for all the effort it took to get there. Or I'm going to go talk to this financial institution and then I'm going to celebrate that I had the courage to go do it. Right. And in my case, of course, I had trouble with this. I would say things like, well, I'll take the family to Disneyland. And she said, well, that's for them. That's not really for you. Well, I'll go out to dinner with my husband again. Is this just for you? Now, sometimes it was because I adore my husband. But she wanted me to think about me, just me for a change and what I wanted and what I needed. And I thought about it. And there is a local designer in the greater Vancouver area that I adore. It's a shoe designer and she had some of his shoes and I had gone with her shoe shopping where she shopped and I watched and the shoes were amazing. Now, some of them are like way out there, but some of them are just stunning. And I would walk around the store and I would touch all the shoes and be like, oh my God, those are amazing. And then I pick them up and look at the price tag and have a heart attack and put them right back down. And um, I said to her, I want a pair of those shoes. And so... We had this whole plan that when I achieved a specific goal, uh, she was going to take me out. We were going to spend an afternoon, go for lunch and go shoe shopping for me. And when I hit the goal, we did exactly that. And it was, I remember it so well, because for me, it was the most amazing thing I've ever done for myself up to that point that we went and I bought these pair of sparkly black, not the mama shoes, and they are beautiful. And this designer, his name is John Fluvog. So total plug to Fluvog shoes. Um, he writes messages on the bottom of every shoe. It's either inside or it's on the sole of the shoe. And on these shoes, I loved them. They were beautiful. And when I turned the shoe over, it read exceed all your expectations. And that sealed the deal for me. I thought, these are the shoes. And I bought them. And I almost killed myself the first few times I wore them because I would be looking at my feet, marveling that I did that. I achieved a goal that scared the you know what out of me. And I achieved it. And these shoes to me represent all the hard work and courage it took to achieve that goal. And when I see them, I feel so proud of me for achieving it. 
I feel so proud of the fact that I didn't let fear talk to me louder than my hope and my optimism. And I still have those shoes. I still love wearing them. And when I get the opportunity, I'm always so proud and I get a ton of compliments on them too. And I get the opportunity to share this story. So what's going to be your sharpen the saw thing? What thing is going to work for you? Is it a spa day? Is it getting your nails done? Is it having somebody take your kids on a Saturday afternoon so you can curl up and read a good book? What is your sharpen the saw thing? Find, figure it out and then make it happen. It's so important to take care of you in the process of taking care of your legacy and, re- and helping people all around you. We've got to take care of you too. It's super important because it fills your cup and allows you to continue moving forward, especially if and when things get hard. So you want to do that. And that that's what those are the seven habits. So I hope that these um, these tips have been helpful for you. I use these all the time when I'm advocating for my son and all the young adults with disabilities in my community. I don't just want to make things better for him. I want to push the boundaries of the systems to make it better for all of them so that their futures are as bright and shiny as mine is. I want to make sure of that. And I want to better things for them all in as many ways as possible, as many ways as I can for as long as I can. And I'm sure you do too in the legacies that you are living into or thinking about creating. And I hope that you found this valuable and helpful and that there's some gem or nugget in here that you can take away and put into action in your own life and your own legacy. And I hear my people are are heading in any time now. So, but if you're feeling really overwhelmed with all of this, if you're looking at listening to all my podcasts and thinking, this is so much, I just don't even know where to start, what to do, who to speak to, how to do all this. Um, If you're thinking that and you're feeling that way, I got you covered. So if you go into the show notes, you can find a link there for Member Vault. And that is a link that goes to a course that I am offering. And this course is to help you answer those questions. Sometimes it's important to have a voice outside your head helping to guide you as you are making decisions about the legacies you want to create. And again, the course is designed to help set you up for clarity and success, however you define it. So check it out. Click on the link. Have a look. Um, go to our, our website. It's www.livingyourlegacy.ca and see if there's a way that I can help you achieve your legacy, uh, overcome a challenge you've got going on. I am all in. I want to support you in changing the world and making things better for all the people that you are keeping in mind. So I want to just share with you that this is out there and I think you really are amazing. You're so extraordinary because you want to do something bigger and better than yourself. You are willing to stretch and grow and reach out to support other people who need the help and the support. I think you are incredibly awesome. Go start living your legacy today. Have a good one, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you enjoyed this episode, please submit a rating and review and share it with a friend. Together, we can inspire more people to start living their legacy too. And let's keep the conversation going. We would love to hear all about your journey in living your legacy and support you along the way. 
join our Facebook community, Living Your Legacy Podcast, where we connect, collaborate, and celebrate each other. Can't wait to see you there.